0: By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, PaperCut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems.
1: Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to PaperCut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche.
0: I'm Olivia Michaelchuk. We're here with Tyler Hesford. Tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
2: Please. um well i'm a bass player in a few different bands tusk and danger fuzz being the main ones i uh, do a little bit of hobby photography uh work at quest music store so i give uh, the gift of musical instruments to uh the city of winnipeg here you know and uh yeah that's pretty much like the the quick slim and skinny
1: of it of what i do before we go into your background is it true, and I feel like this is just a well-known fact, like every musician works at either Long and McQuaid or Quest? Because uh, every
2: time I walk in, it's like, oh, you're
1: in a band? I've seen you perform before, you perform.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty common thing. It's that or like bartending or waitressing or waitering, you know? That's kind of like the two main things, I would say, that a lot of musicians do here in the city.
1: Have you, Were you a bartender before?
2: No. No, nah, didn't I've you work in the service? A- Industry? No, no, okay. not really. I've bartended at socials, but that'd be about it.
0: Okay, cool. cool. Jared only goes to socials, so that's why he thinks that probably. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I only go exclusively to socials. Uh, let's get into the background of your music. Um, Tusk came first. Let's yeah. dive into that.
2: Yeah, that was uh, my first band. Um, my brother had been playing in bands for a long time, and he's like, hey man, you know, start teaching me how to play bass, things like that and uh he's like hey i got these like a couple guys that want to jam with us i met them at long and (laughs) mcquade right (laughs) and uh i'm like yeah okay i'll come down you know i hadn't really jammed with people before so uh get there uh start making some tunes and at the end of that like little jam sessions like everyone's like hey do you guys like want to do something with this you know like write some songs and like start playing it's like yeah that sounds like fun you know I'd, i'd join a band and then uh yeah, that was pretty short. After that, we got our first show at the Cavern. Uh, my buddy Jeremy Simpson, I don't know if you guys know him as well. Uh, he plays bass in this band, Attilan. Okay, uh, he was like, hey, you guys want to open up for uh, for like our show? I was like, yeah, hundred percent. Let's do it. So, pretty much like two months after having my first jam, I had my first show, and been pretty steady since then. Why did you wanna uh, pick up bass? Um. Well that was like the first instrument i got into i got into it when i was about 10 years old because my dad was a bass player um and like i started playing in the school band Uh, i started off with trombone and i finally convinced my band teacher to uh let me play bass and uh that lasted for all of a year because that turned into a little bit of a hard experience for me i guess uh she would like Constantly turned me down to the point where like nothing was really coming out. She'd give me trombone sheet music for a bass, which doesn't really line up so well. So it was yeah, it was a little bit of a discouraging experience, and I kind of quit for a good ten years after that. You well, know? Yeah. <laughs> so when you
0: picked it back up, did you remember things from when you were younger, or it was like starting fresh?
2: It was pretty much starting fresh. Yeah, I didn't really remember much. Um, yeah, no, I had all this bass gear. You know, hit, sitting around my house, and Brett kept putting it in my hands. He's like, "Hey man, just try it. Just try it. You just know, keep pushing you into it. it." Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So, does Tusk still play shows? On um, hiatus? Uh, yeah, we're in on a little bit of a hiatus. Our last show was uh, November. That was opening up for Chastity with uh, Silence Kit there. Oh yeah. Uh, super fun show. But uh, yeah, everyone's getting busy in other things. Like Colton, the guitarist in Tusk, there. He's a writer. Uh, sold his first TV script. Pretty cool. Um, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's doing a fringe play this year that he wrote. Uh, and I think he's also acting in that one too.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's
2: huge. So, do you know what kind of show it is? Um, like the fringe play. Well, the fringe play and like the TV and the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it like uh, a
1: sitcom or a drama.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like a drama. Um, not really post apocalyptic. It's Set in the future where society has eliminated the need to sleep. So everyone's going 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? <laughs> and it uh, kind of follows these college-age people that are, like, trying to uh, achieve this thing called REM, you know? So it's like, this drug that they take to uh, make them kind of sleep. Um, yeah, and it kind of fo- follows that. It's kind of a collapsed society because, like, everyone's working, like, 18-hour days. Capitalism's on, like, the full front, you know?
0: Terrifying. Well, wow. Yeah, yeah.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Cool. and he, cool sold it. he sold so it so it's yeah. good yeah Ew. yeah it's terrifying and good <laughs> yeah. yeah he won uh, some writers competition that they brought him out to london a whole bunch of stuff like that wow that's yeah. awesome yeah. so
0: there goes your guitarist yeah, so. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and i mean it wouldn't be the same without him so we decided okay let's just take a little break here and mm-hmm. uh you know pick things up in the future so i think in august we're gonna start jamming again
1: but, nice yeah. nice is that exclusive yeah. Oh, we, yeah, whoa, I, shouldn't we said, I shouldn't have said and... that, but uh, whatever. It is what it is. Um. So then talk about your next transition, uh, next
2: band. Transition into... Like,
1: did you, once Tusk was done, did you stop playing for a little while or did you jump into your next band immediately? No, I
2: went harder, yeah. <laughs> um. That's, uh. as soon as Tusk was kind of like on the downturn there with, as far as like everyone's like schedules and things like that, I was like, okay, hey, I kind of need to start my own thing. I want to... Uh, want to be on like my own schedule and like I know I have a lot of drive myself to like push these projects and things like that so uh I uh talked to my buddy Mac who was drumming in Tusk at the time as well and he also drummed in House Panther with me when uh last year when we were doing like the festival circuit with them um yeah I was like hey man you want to do like a two-piece because like we bonded a lot over like the Black Keys when we were on the road and uh, a whole bunch of other two-piece bands you know Royal Blood all of that stuff and he's like, "Yeah, dude, let's uh, let's hit it. You know, let's start uh, start writing." So we had our first jam in early October, and then uh, he told David uh, David Dobbs, uh, umfm host. He's like, "Hey, man, yeah, I started jamming this new band. We didn't have any songs or anything like that." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, just start jamming in this new band, me and Ty Hesrud." And uh, he's like, "Hey, come on the radio show. He's like, can you guys be here in like two weeks?'" I was like, "Uh." Sure, <laughs> you know. So we wrote like three songs for that show, and then off that show got booked to open up uh, for Marin at another show, and then yeah, it's been pretty steady since then.
0: Sweet. So what's a like jam? Like when you get together with someone to play, like how does that? What's step one? Like what do you do at a jam? Um.
2: Well it depends who you're jamming with but uh typically speaking someone just starts on a riff you know you can do a song that you guys mutually know or you just kind of play anything and then they take on their piece to it and you kind of go from there and you build something up
1: do you prefer working in a two-piece or do you like more collaborators?
2: that's that's a tough one um i like how things are delegated in a two-piece much better it's like I just have to shoot Mac a message to say, "Hey, do you want to play this show?" It's either yes or no. You know, it's that simple. One person. Um, I do like the elements of having extra instruments, uh, performers, and things like that on stage because you're not the main focus. That's something that I've been, uh, yeah, I've been kind of like, I shouldn't say dealing with, but it's it's been a tough transition to be like the only person on stage that's actually like standing up. Like Max on the yeah. kid and he's right there with me, but you know, like you're the only one that can run around and uh, build that energy. For know? sure. And like, I like you know, to have high energy shows.
1: Yeah, yeah, like a four-piece, you have a lot of people to look at, a lot of people, uh, the guitars tends to be a focus too, so it's like now all the spotlight is on you and Mac as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a little, little bit different. Um, I, yeah, I like aspects of both. I wouldn't say I have a preference, but, no. Yeah. Nice. So
1: you have a pretty dynamic sound. Do you find you're doing a lot more on bass in a two-piece?
2: I feel like I'm doing less, actually, than what I was doing in Tusk. Really? Um, like, for Danger Fuzz, yeah. Um, but that's kind of kind of what we're going for as far as a sound. It's almost a more simplistic punk sound, very driving beats, you know, and just kind of get the, get the bodies moving, you know? That's the whole idea.
1: Nice. Mm-hmm.
2: So are you guys going to be doing festivals this summer? Um, like, we only applied to three festivals. Uh, or no, four festivals. We didn't get into the local one we applied to. Might be doing one in Nelson, B.C. We'll see. Hopefully we get into that. Um, and then maybe one in Regina. But Cool. Yeah. Did, uh, did Tusk ever go on the road? No. <laughs> Played Selkirk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Manitoba or Avenue? <laughs> Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, we had like 15 shows booked out east. And then uh, some things went down with our drumming situation. And, uh, yeah, couldn't really continue on with the tour, unfortunately.
1: 16 shows.
2: 15. 15? miles. Wow, yeah. pretty big. Yeah, it was going to be a nice jaunt, but <laughs> didn't pan out. So you were on the road with uh, House Panther last year, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last year we did a uh, couple shows out west, uh, did Sled Island out west, did Real Love, Rainbow Trout, Icelandic Fest. How do you do life on the road? Like, some people,
1: like uh, Jay Wood, like... Does it on the cheap? Some people have told us they like to treat themselves. Are you in the middle? Like, what's what's life on the record I sleep
2: time? on floors and couches, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's It's incredibly punk. That song. Yeah. Right, Morella so was... Our guest Morella from the bassist of, like, Baseball Hero and... Um, Molly Grub. Molly Grub. I actually She's met like, her last yeah. week. She's like, I get a hotel. I find all the fancy restaurants. I don't stay with the band. It was, like, sick. Like, that'd be like... It's a vacation, too. Like... Yeah. Taking your time, but you like it like.
2: I mean, do it as cheap. cheap as possible. That way you yeah. can do it more times than not, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, like, it's Mac awesome. and I went out to Saskatoon uh, two weeks ago. We uh, just played a little show at a skate park there. Tons of fun. Um, but yeah, there I just shot my buddy Duncan a message. I'm like, hey, man, can we crash at your place? He's like, yep. You know, <laughs> he actually had an air mattress for us. It was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be nice in a two piece because it's
1: like two guys, you know, can we crash anywhere, but like. If you were like, you know, a large instrumental band, like, hey, can we crash on your floor? It's like, there's only six of us, maybe seven. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I think about that. Like, with like Apollo Suns, for example, you know, how they're touring with hard, yeah. seven to nine people at a time. You know, like, where do you find accommodations? Like, you must do the hotel life. You know, right. like, that's, yeah. you, you kind of have to at that point, right? Because you can't just like text a buddy and say, hey, I got nine people that need to sleep. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, it's a little different. That's going to yeah. be hard to I feel at that
0: point, I'd be like, Okay, which one of these guys don't we need? (laughs) Yeah, start. Let's start making the cuts. Like, yeah. yeah. Do we really need six trumpets? No. Cut them.
1: Just kidding. Well, like, (laughs) and and just from like my, like I don't know if I was in a large band. If I was like commandeering like a large band, wouldn't you get paid? Like everyone gets paid a little less to make that music, right? So it's like, do you sacrifice someone that makes your sound maybe more dynamic for you know just more money?
0: Because that's what makes you get gigs in the first place.
1: But like you said, if you got like six trumpets, yeah, if you got six trumpets, you think you could trumpets, benefit from five trumpets and maybe a, a hundred bucks extra? Two trumpet players. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you like vote someone yeah. out too? Well, I mean, we're not talking about something specific. Yeah, okay? yeah. We, we could do it with two instead of six, maybe.
1: I need at least tru- three trumpets. Yeah, I need at least I need at least a
0: three-person horn section. Because then, if you'd be the same as the two person trumpet and also the one person trumpet so that's why you gotta get three more gigs
1: we kinda went off the rails
0: Uh, sorry that's that's
2: okay like thinking of that I don't know the two of the bands I saw last night um, played to backing tracks right so one band didn't have a bass player uh, and the other band actually yeah both bands didn't have bass players Um, and they had some like synth stuff going on in the back right and Mm. Nothing wrong with that, you know, like uh, playing backing tracks, but, (laughs) you know, it does take you out of the elements a little bit, you know, like you're hearing these things that are going on musically that are not being performed in front of you. Um, And personally, I feel like, to me, I don't know, this is is my own opinion, but I feel like it cheapens the experience. Mm -hmm. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so making cuts like that, that's a tough call. I think if you're going to do it, try to avoid the backing track route, but then again you know they were touring bands as well and sometimes it is tough like I know friends of mine that have been in three-piece bands where they have this tour booked their bass player can't show up they're like I guess this is what we have to do you know yeah Mm -hmm.
1: at that point Len maybe you could speak on your own experience like do you recoup money did you have to put money down to book all these spots or like I don't know how the booking process goes for that Um, well it depends
2: it depends there's certain rooms that you do um most of the venues that we were trying to book at are very dive barry you know yeah. so it's like hey can we just like play the show we'll take the cut of door and then pay out the sound guy after from that like that's typically what you have to do you have to pay door person and the sound person uh sometimes rooms have a little bit of an extra charge to that but most of them don't at our level that makes sense interesting
1: mm-hmm. so it was like easy you guys were able to just get out like no relatively no issue
2: yeah yeah like um two weeks we're going out to edmonton uh nelson and calgary um that was a super simple process you know just shoot a couple friends a message there like hey can you get us a show on any of these dates uh send you a message back yep good to go um and yeah it's pretty like the diy community here in canada specifically is really good like i'm part of a few facebook pages there too Uh, or Facebook groups where you just send messages to anyone in these, like, cities. There's, like, certain moderators for each city, you Hmm. know, that can help you get, like, a gig. That's cool. yeah. Yeah.
1: It sounds incredibly organized.
2: Yeah. It's almost like, is
1: there an app for this? Is there a website? I feel like Facebook's good at connecting, but, like, I feel like there's
0: like a void. Wow. You just like there. There goes paper cuts <laughs> money. Uh, <yeah. laughs> that Actually, was our one ticket and you no. just shared it. Yeah, with no, I'm cutting this up. <laughs> Tyler's mom for sure is gonna listen. Our parents are gonna listen. Yeah. So
2: Hey, you just crap. gave me a great
1: idea. Yeah, crap. there you go. Patent pending, patent pending. Yeah. Uh it's called uh <laughs> crap, I don't a name. Shit. You guys are both <laughs> yeah. cool I don't know. Book yeah. it. Book it.
0: <laughs> Book it. Yeah, Yikes! Crap.
1: You guys just go into partnership and come out. Yeah. Sorry,
2: Jared. <laughs> for his sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oh.
0: Shit. So you play in different kinds of bands with different kinds of uh, music. How did your bass playing change because there there are different projects like House Panther? Well, seemingly different projects: House Panther, Tusk, Danger Fuzz, right? Yeah. So where did you get your chops in those different genres?
2: Um, I don't know. I've always had an eclectic taste in music. Like there's no one specific genre that I think is king of all, you know? Um, yeah, it's just through listening to a lot of different stuff and like really keying into what their bass players are playing. Um, I actually started playing bass to a lot of rap songs
0: <laughs> oh really uh
2: yeah I found it was like easier because it's like a lot of repeating beats yeah if that makes sense and like I'm like, just, like
0: listening to one in my head to like feel what yeah you're talking right about, you know yeah. and you get
2: that groove and I feel like yeah the most important thing is kind of catching on to that groove so whatever genre you're doing doesn't I don't know they they do change the feel changes but you gotta you got to have, like, an angle in mind of what the song is supposed to be. And uh, if you can get the hips moving in that, uh, coinciding with that angle, you know, that's the whole idea with bass. Right. Yeah.
0: So, who... So, what sort of rap songs are you listening to that is inspiring? Like, well, does Bailey actually write the bass parts for House Panther, or did you write those?
2: No, I, uh, like... Some of them I wrote. Uh, some of them they had other players on for the album. Okay, yeah. so uh, I kind of like took the main ideas of their riff and just kind of put my own spin on it because mm-hmm. uh, like you'll notice live was different than what was fit or what was on the uh, the EP and stuff like that. but
0: So then what type of music or was inspiring? that or for house panther yeah like um
2: a lot of weezer for me yeah uh was like kind of like the bands that i was looking at like i really wanted to look at like like the indie kind of like garage pop kind of yeah. rock yeah. stuff like that was uh so i was listening to a lot of that when uh bailey asked me to play bass for her it's like okay kind of get into that mindset you know very driving riffs kind of keep it simple right because it's not shouldn't be the forefront you know mm. um but yeah
1: that's going back to when you were
2: saying you were adding your own twist on on bailey's uh
1: songs live Mm -hmm. do you or is there ever a time where you're maybe filling in for a band where you stick to what they have or is it always just as a a session musician this is what i'm bringing to the table
2: oh definitely whatever they want um like bailey was super loose with it. she's like hey you know i you're great at what you do do what you want you know so that's what i did um I filled in for Dinner Club, like our buddy Josh's band yep. there. Uh, filled in for them, for their United Fiber show. Uh, I pretty much stuck to what Liam was doing, but added a few little flare things here and there. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, pretty much stuck to what he was doing. The, there's another band that I'll be filling in for uh, at Real Love this year. Ooh. Uh, Is this
0: a hot take?
2: Uh, yeah. Can you I don't tease know. it? Can I uh, tease it? Yeah. Oh, um. We need hot
1: takes, man. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, <we> need... <laughs> that's what keeps this podcast going. Yeah, we need hot
2: takes. They recently played at the Albert.
0: Oh, uh, I know. Who is that? <laughs> it's supposed to be a, a secret yeah. <laughs> Royal Albert party, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Maybe so not That's awesome, will know. That's also Congrats. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah. yeah,
2: no, that'll be a fun one. That one, I'm just going to stick to their parts. Uh, yeah. You know, that's... Kind of, they've got their thing, and I will do exactly that.
1: Sweet. So, yeah. Do you have any more projects on the go?
2: Like music-wise?
0: Yeah. Um, like sp- album-wise, <laughs> photography-wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we haven't talked about photography yet. Yeah. Are you yeah, gonna be an actor in Colton's TV show? Yeah. <laughs> <ask you? laughs>
2: No, he never asked me. Oh, but. wow.
0: Wow.
1: I know. That's the Colton, real reason my tusk isn't playing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm jaded, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I got
1: like, oh, the hair looking nice, man. Like, I don't know yeah, what the fuck is Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably have to cut it. I don't know. Oh, for the show. Yeah.
0: Or like a bun, know. probably, if you're in college. Maybe a bun? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, before we get into photography,
1: <laughs> before we get into photography, you were talking about doing a mullet.
2: Is that still on the table? <gasps> yes. Very much so mullet? on the table. Oh. Oh, I'm talking hard mullet though. But they're though. in bends
0: right yeah. now. Oh, like, you're doing like hard. We'll,
2: yeah, yeah, I want do... I want to get my hair down to about here, and I guess no one can see where I'm doing that. So just like it's kind just of right past about the chest, mid chest, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, get get my hair there, and then like do like the bangs first. Yeah, oh, I know. Like, <sighs> you're not going full back. You're going. Bangs up front? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, start Start there, you know, go bangs, and I want to get a little blonde in there, you know, just like, oh. just, just get it interesting. Oh. This would be awesome. So when is your... <laughs> I
0: mean, not no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, no, everyone says that. That's yeah, fine. like, a if I'm walking into reaction. Long
0: and McQuest, I'm like, zzzzt. <laughs> <That laughs>
2: can't okay. talk to this guy. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, what's the inspiration behind that?
2: I, oh, that's well, commitment. I, a lot of my favorite bands come from Australia. And that is like the hairstyle for all of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was growing out my hair, anyways. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think I could rock a mullet. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. You know. Yeah. Uh, well. So it'll probably be about a year till I have it, but yeah, yeah, nice. till I get to the hair goals. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like bands like Emil and the Sniffers, uh, they have <laughs> like literally all their members are rocking mullets, and some of them are the greasiest mullets you can like possibly imagine. It's like a shaved head on the top, and then like. Uh, it's red on the top and then like dyed blonde on the bottom like wow. just coming out almost rat tail like <laughs> it is commitment to the craft I think yeah. cause
1: that yeah. is just yeah it, it is it's it nice level
0: see yeah. I find it's really difficult when you have like something silly going on like you're wearing a costume or like your makeup is weird and like getting in say like an argument or something cause you're just like I look like ridiculous like <laughs> yeah. how can you take me seriously <laughs> yeah. but like you could never have an argument with a mullet you can't. because they'd be like Whatever you say, you have a mullet. So even flat earthers
1: are like, this guy. I'm not listening to this guy.
0: Or especially like, I had like a presentation for my masters. I have a bit of a mullet, and I didn't want to like turn my head too quickly because I didn't want to like flap in the wind while I was like trying to do a serious presentation. So you have to like consider some of those things, like what you have coming up, like with that mullet. You need to be taken seriously. That's all I'm saying. I would take you seriously, (laughs) guy. Yeah,
2: I feel like a lot of what I do, I don't really like to take seriously, and I think nice. that's kind of why nice. I like the mullet, nice. you know? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever, like, I run the social media mostly for Danger Fuzz, for Tusk, I was doing it all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think any of our posts are, like, hyper serious, and I think that's, like, our whole shtick, if that makes right. sense. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's consistent, it's loose, it's fun. Like, uh, I don't know, we're doing an all-ages show next uh, next Thursday, And, uh, I'm like, hey, make sure you bring, uh, your little cousin that wears Iron Maiden t-shirts and doesn't talk to anyone, you know, like, (laughs) like, bring that guy. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I like to keep it like loose and fun, you know? Nice. And a mullet is very loose and fun. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: uh, let's transition to your photography. What's, uh, what makes it loose and fun and how'd you get started?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I got started my, uh, Grandpa had a DSLR like this old Canon uh, Rebel 400D. wanna say, so it's like a super starter camera from like 2008. Um he had that kicking around and I was playing around with it at his house and he's like, "Yeah, do you want to like, you know, take that and go take some photos of things?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, you know, sounds like fun." So I took that, took it to a show at the cavern, um took some horrible photos and, <laughs> and uh, but I had a ton of fun doing it, so I was like, okay, started doing a little bit more research, started going out to a lot more shows and just kind of shooting everything that I could, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, kind of fell in love with the art, the art of it, um, I started following a few, like, photographers that shoot the bands that I really like, uh, there's this one guy, Jamie, no idea how to pronounce his last name, Wittakonsky. it has got, yeah, like, local? Uh, no, no, he's from <laughs> Melbourne, um, But yeah, he does like a lot of protest photography, uh, a lot of band photography. um, And there's just like, there's a certain feeling I get when I look at his photos, you know, like uh, it's, it's very raw, you know, like he, like everything that he shoots is like high, there's like high energy within the photo, you know, and I kind of want to be able to do that myself. And I'm starting to get there, you know, like I'm still learning. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely starting to get there. I'm kind of Kinda of trying to make my own style with the photos too. Um I recently picked up this little Canon point and shoot uh off Kijiji. Sixty bucks. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh Classic Winnipeg 2 It was probably a hundred, and he was like, "I'll give you fifty.
1: Oh yeah, so right <laughs> up, it was like, eighty, and I 16, said, and "Like yeah, you know, sixty, and I'll come yeah. pick it up." Tonight. Yeah, I got sixty dollars I'll
0: come there right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm in my car. I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah, you all
2: know. <laughs> you can't say no. <laughs>
0: you can't. You can't. Uh.
2: But uh, yeah, I picked that up, and it was a nice camera. Like it shoots in RAW, um, and like back in the day, back in 2010, it was like a six hundred dollar camera. But picked that up, and uh, started messing around with long exposure shots. Um, and with stage lighting, long exposures can like cause some really cool light trails, uh, especially if the lights are moving and stuff like that. Um, but I also recently discovered if I do like two flashes on my camera with a long exposure and move the camera as I'm shooting, it can get, build like these, uh, LED ghost trails. I like to call them. <laughs> um, if you've seen any of my recent photos, yeah, I have. um, yeah, where it's like a lot of color, a lot of like splash and that, yeah
1: that's awesome yeah so other than that what's the what's the most important thing or the biggest thing you've learned about concert photography
2: um a lot a lot of people disagree uh with this but i find it's like hunting for the right moment you know to take a shot instead of taking 500 shots in 20 minutes kind of thing because there's yeah, two trains of thought for that. And I feel like a lot of people like to do just the spam and then go through it after and find the gems out of those 500 shots, right? Uh, for me, I like to get, you know, watch and wait until, like, there's, like, a cool moment where, like, someone's letting out a big scream or, like, a uh, guitarist jumps up, you know, or, like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I kind of look at it like hunting, if you will, you know, like, you're shooting with the mm-hmm. camera, like, you'd shoot with a gun, I guess, and you got to shoot at the right moments. Um, so being a musician, do you find that it helps you
1: kind of read energy and kind of where people are going to go, what they're going to do? Does that help? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing that I also find helps a lot is knowing the songs uh, that uh, people are playing. So you know what's coming up, what like the big moments are within the music. So like when to be ready. Uh, yeah. The best thing I could say is do your research before on the bands that you're going to shoot and uh, you can like find some good moments uh, within that within their own music. Right. Awesome. Yeah.
0: To like key changes, is that the, some of the big ones? Well, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Drops. Yeah. Yeah. No,
2: like, uh, heavy, like heavy parts, things like that. I listen to a lot of heavy music. So like, you know, the, yeah. Awesome. Uh, I've got one more question. Yeah. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: biggest inspirations musically and, um, on the photography side, local and otherwise
2: photography. Um, Local, I would say I really like Amy Zinn's work uh, from Cryptic Sound. Uh, I really like Jen uh, from B&B, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think they're, they're fantastic at what they do, and they criminally undercharge for uh, the products <laughs> they <laughs> have, for what they give you, uh, in my opinion. And I always find that weird when people aren't willing to pay for things like that, you know. Like, personally, I don't charge for my photos, but uh, that's because I'm in the learning process. And I don't know if I ever will. So it's kind of more of a hobby thing, but um, but for people like that, um, they get like we're so blessed here in Winnipeg to have like this creative community around us, you know. And, it's unreal. <laughs> and from some of the people that I've talked to, it's like yeah, bands don't even want to pay like forty dollars to have someone shoot your show, and I feel like that's well worth it, you know. Like you can get mm-hmm. quality photos, and like that's. Uh, I hate the word exposure, but good photos give you more exposure. You know, like totally. that's just the simple truth. Yeah. Um, but yeah Literally,
0: no. also, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Photography uh, joke. But, um, yeah. He's a it. bassist, so he we he doesn't know the wrong <laughs> thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would say like those two are like probably some of my favorite here uh, within Winnipeg. Um, Jamie, obviously, that's uh, that's a guy that I. Uh, really want to try and replicate down the road um definitely don't have the talent he does yet but i'm getting there uh bass wise um i would have to say my dad uh he was a bass player um
0: who did he play with
2: i played with uh jason kirkness like he did a lot of country hmm. bands oh cool. um no. played in this band tequila south highway 59 um yeah, I've a lot of heard of,
1: things of like Highway 59 before. That name sounds very
0: familiar. They played the King said. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, definitely like,
2: seen uh, Highway 59. Yeah, uh, like Gary Golden from. Uh, why can't I kind of think of it. Harlequin was in that band. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, they they were great. And he was, yeah, big inspiration for me. And it's that, yeah, he's a big reason why I play bass now too. You know, him and Brett, because um, I inherited all his gear when he passed away. So it was just kind of sitting around me and. Uh, it's a nice way to reconnect with him, you know, every time I hit a hit a stage with yeah. uh, with his gear, right? Um, yeah, he was a huge inspiration. Um, my buddy Jeremy Simpson uh, is a huge inspiration to me. Danny Hacking. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love watching that guy play. Do
0: you have the t-shirt? The Danny Hacking <laughs> is... is dead t-shirt? I don't, no. Oh, no. I know, criminal, right? That is, I was just going to say criminal, for sure. Like, maybe you got to have one of those.
2: Yeah, um, and as far as, like, bigger bass players, Uh, Troy Sanders, Mastodon, really like what he does, Um, Thundercat, (laughs) (laughs) totally different style, (laughs) saw him in Calgary, it was a fantastic show, Yeah. although that was a weird weird show, someone had a seizure right in front of me, (gasps) when, uh, yeah, like right as he was getting on, and the crazy thing is, like, it was at the palace there, uh, so it's like, kind of a burton cummings size venue mm-hmm. and uh i'm hanging out there with like bailey i think jeremy was there from jaywood um a few other people and like we're like pretty close to the stage all of a sudden this guy just drops right in front of us you know starts like shaking on the ground i'm like well shit what's going on i tried to like call in security because it was packed in there so i'm like lifting my hand and uh shouting security and then all of a sudden he gets up right security comes and, uh, they start talking to him and, uh, his buddy's like, oh, he's fine. He's fine. He just fell. You know, he just fell. I'm like, yo, I'm pretty sure that guy just had a seizure, you know? Yeah. And, uh, security's like, you good to the guy? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you know? And they start walking off and not even 30 seconds later, he drops again. No. He just yeah.
0: wanted to see Thundercats so I know. Bad. Yeah. Oh. Like
2: sympathy. But I mean, take care of yourself before a show. It's much more yeah. important. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah, so yeah, so they wild. ended up coming back and then hauling him out of there. But yeah, Thundercat is an inspiration. I don't know. <laughs> He's so I good. I just have
0: one more question, quickly. Yeah. So you work at a um, music store, and you're talking about using your dad's bass. Yeah. But he played country music, and you're playing a different kind of music. Why? How can you use his bass?
2: I mean, he had, like, I inherited two American jazz basses from him, which are, like, some of the most versatile basses out there. They can do everything from country all the way to hard rock. Um, And the thing is, like, most of my tone comes from my pedals. Um, Like, I've got this one pedal. It's called the Oppressive Cult Destroyer. Uh, (laughs) It's by Abominale Electronics. Big plug for you. Guy working out of his uh, garage in North Carolina. Wow. Yeah. um, It's a business. He kills it. Like That's so cool. Yeah, he does really, really well. Um, yeah, that's kind of like my main source of tone there. So, like, honestly, really doesn't matter what I run through. Like, I recently bought a uh, Squire Jaguar-based short scale because I'm doing a lot of cording with uh, Danger Fuzz, and, like, I found the full scale with, like, thick strings was, like, really wrecking my hands after a set. Like, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty tiresome, uh, to say the least. So I got that thing, but it only lasted four shows because I ended up, throwing it on the ground and, <laughs> yes, <you do. laughs> and the next the yeah. next all cracked so we're playing this like couch burning party coming up and i'm gonna smash it there but nice yeah um
1: oh it was the couch burning party that is it the joey uh yeah, yeah, yeah plus yeah, that's yeah. the oh, nice. one you
2: should come you can see me yeah.
1: smash a base <laughs> yeah. Sick. yeah i would like to see that live yeah <laughs> i'd really like to see that live time yeah um thank you do you have another question
0: no, I don't. Okay, so we wait. Wrap... Essential, essential pedal, essential pedals.
1: And also, how many pedals are on your rack right now?
2: <laughs> okay, my pedal board. I'll do a quick run. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. super. It's honestly super simple. I, I run stereo, so that means I run two amps at once. Okay. Uh, I've got a guitar amp that I usually put on stage left, and then a uh, bass amp that I put on the right. Um, my chain goes from my guitar to my tuner pedal, which is super common. Uh, then it goes into that oppressive cult destroyer that mm-hmm. I was saying, which is a clone of an OCD. Um, very popular pedal but it's got a few little uh, more bells and whistles than that uh that goes into my big muff pie my first pedal that i ever had uh, common fuzz pedal into a bit commander which is like this octave uh bit crusher pedal makes really cool sounds hmm. um yeah you don't hear it a lot in music because it's not that musical of a pedal but it works well for me <laughs> um that goes into my great phaser which is like the whole tame impala sound like the whoosh, 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 thing uh, which is into a chorus uh boss bass chorus into the afterneath which is one of like the coolest pedals out there uh it's like this cavernous reverb it's got a little wizard on the front and <laughs> like it basically makes like your makes your instrument sound like it's in a cave and there's like magical spells on it
1: so it's a pedal plugged into a pedal plugged into a pedal plugged into a pedal, into a pedal right yeah oh, that yeah how this is all that's how pedal through?
2: yeah it's how pedal words work
1: you so how do know you know that oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay we I mean, have, have no idea out, We've never like,
0: played an instrument no. in yeah you, it
1: sounds like you got like seven or eight that are all lined up how is that process figured out are you just like okay i'm gonna try this combo of six and Do you ever have to, like, okay, this first one needs to be third? Like, does that make a difference?
2: Yeah, there's general rules rules of thumb that, like, you can do anything, really. You can put your chain however you want it. But um, things that I would like to do would be tuner first because it's good mute. Um, Then compression, if you run any sort of compression. uh, Drives and then uh, effects. Like, so that's typically a good way to lay it out. And then you can kind of mix and match in between there on what sounds best. Um, always explore, you know, the signal path. Like if you uh, if you put your reverb before your chorus, is that gonna sound better? Or if you, you know if your chorus uh, comes after the reverb, right? Like um yeah, it's a lot of uh, playing
0: around, unplugging and plugging in. You know, so if someone came in and gave you like a noise and it's like I want my bass to make like mirror, you could
2: absolutely figure yeah. it out. Like meow. specifically
0: meow? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so you get a uh,
2: <laughs> electroharmonics monosynth yes, yeah, uh, yes. oh my gosh the this, is so cool. this is my job olivia yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: awesome that's so cool yeah. Awesome. Well thank i'm you. gonna
0: plug that too like if you make a sound effect a sound effect at tyler he will tell you the past absolutely yeah. that's a you, great skill
1: you are the kid from the commercial my thing is sound effects <laughs> <He's> a <t-rex. laughs> i'm a t-rex <laughs> <laughs>
0: you
1: are that kid all grown up Yeah, man, awesome really thank, you, thank you so much ty for coming by oh, uh, thank you appreciate everything ready yep thank, thank you, you for cutting, cutting deep with us on paper cut podcast